Welcome to the Story Weaver podcast. I'm your host, Bron Rauk Mitchell. Come sit with me under the story tree as I weave a tale or two for you. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Storytime with Bron. Today, I'll be reading The Haughty Princess and the Rusty Knight by Bron Rauk Mitchell. This is a flash fiction retelling of the story King Thrushbeard by the Brothers Grimm. Over the past several years, I've had a number of short stories and flash fiction tales published in several international anthologies. Fairy tales are just one of the many genres that I write in. I've always loved adaptations and fractured fairy tales, and so of course, it's no real surprise that these feature amongst the stories that I've had published. I have a number of fairy tale adaptations in my drafts files, including a pantomime, Red Saves Christmas, which combines my love of theatre with my love of fairy tales. Flash fiction tales provide a challenge in that the writer has to get to the heart of the story, usually in only around 300 to 1,000 words, without a lot of the trappings of the longer stories. I love the challenge, but I often find that I have to go back and slash a lot in the editing phase, just to keep to the goal. The Haughty Princess and the Rusty Knight was accepted for publication, but as of yet, the anthology hasn't been published. At almost 1,800 words, this is much longer than the usual flash fiction story. The Haughty Princess and the Rusty Knight An adaptation by Bron Rauk Mitchell In a time long ago, and in a place just as far away, in the kingdom of Rurwan, there lived a kindly old king by the name of Frederick. Fair just, compassionate, and generous, he was all that a king should be. However, King Frederick was burdened by a most awful truth. His daughter, the Princess Branwen, renowned throughout the kingdom for her beauty and grace, was not only the apple of his eye, she was a most rotten apple indeed. Branwen's very godmothers, when gifting her with beauty and grace, had carelessly overlooked bestowing more important gifts upon her. Beneath the surface, she was as rotten as an apple that had been forgotten at the bottom of the fruit barrel. Branwen's mother and the king's beloved wife, Queen Catherine, had died during childbirth. King Frederick was distraught. Declaring that he would not remarry, he concentrated on raising his daughter and ruling the kingdom. Over the passing years, Branwen's every whim was pandered to. Now, while many children have been raised successfully by an indulgent parent, Branwen's sweet disposition slowly soured as she became cruel and manipulative. Word spread throughout Ruruan of her cruelty, and visitors to the castle became less frequent. 
what was once a happy, bustling hive of activity now resembled a mausoleum. Growing uneasy with the knowledge that he wouldn't always be around, the king recognised that unless Branwen changed her ways, she wasn't suitable to be his successor. After weighing up all the options, a grand ball was planned. Potential suitors from far and wide were invited to attend, in the hopes that against all the odds, Branwen would find a suitor that she found agreeable, and that would be suitable to rule the kingdom with her when that time came. Pitching a heavy vase at the wall, Branwen shrieked, Father! I won't marry! But this time her tantrum fell on deaf ears. My darling daughter, I would prefer that you married for love. But our people deserve a ruler that has their best interests at heart, and at this time, that is not you. Frederick sighed and dismissed her from his sight. Suitors came from far and wide, hoping to win the princess's favour, but she was more spiteful than ever. Her rude opinions rang out loudly through the ballroom. His nose is too big. He talks with a lisp. Look at him waddling around like a duck. Quack, quack. When a courageous suitor asked her to dance, Branwen made a show of begrudgingly touching him before deliberately tripping him over. Now there comes a time when even the kindest parent must face the truth of their actions, and Frederick was no exception. Enough! he bellowed. It is clear that I have indulged your behaviour for far too long. Our guests have done nothing to warrant your disgraceful treatment. I wash my hands of you. The next person through these doors, be he beggar or lord, is welcome to take you far away. As it often happens in fairy tales, a latecomer came limping through the doors at that precise moment. The colour drained from Branwen's face in shock. A bedraggled knight in rusty armour, with a shock of red hair and a matted red beard. Sir Wesley had come to pay his respects to Frederick on his way back home. Branwen was uncomfortably mesmerised by his piercing blue eyes. They seemed to stare down to the depths of her soul. And when he opened his mouth, his voice was most pleasing to her. King Frederick, I wish you no offence, but surely you speak in jest. I am not interested in taking your daughter as my bride. However, if you mean to cast her out, she is welcome to accompany me. Branwen's cries fell on deaf ears, and after the knight had filled his belly, they took their leave. Taking only what she could carry in a small knapsack, with no servants and no horse, the princess left to start her new life. As they walked, Branwen hurled abuse at his back. Look at you! Your armour is rusty and battered. You're obviously too poor to afford new armour. 
Why should I go any further with you? Wesley shrugged. It bothers me not if you come with me. But if you have nowhere else to go, I will not take you as a bride, but I would not see you homeless. So come with me, and I will find you somewhere else to reside. And with that he began to softly sing to himself. His voice was oddly soothing, and Branwen stopped her abuse. They had a long way to walk, but as it was dark, they stopped for the night. Branwen had never camped out before, and she did not like the experience. Her anger and her pride stopped her from telling Wesley this, and she made a pretense of turning up her nose at sharing his blanket. Sleep? while finding Wesley, avoided Branwen until the light of morning. Wesley roused her soon after, and after a hearty breakfast, which she'd been tempted to throw at him, they set off again. Over the days of walking, Wesley came to the realisation that the princess lacked skills, and so he patiently set out to rectify that. Some of the chip on her shoulder began to flake off, but of course old habits die hard, and when Branwen caught herself enjoying his company, she was quick to criticise him. Wesley smiled a secret smile to himself, as he began to see right through her. As their journey finally neared its end, Branwen wondered at her fate. I have affairs to attend to, so in the meantime you will work in the kitchens of the king. I know the head chef, and he will see to it that you have food and a bed. When I return, we will discuss your future. Perhaps by then your father will have changed his mind, and you could return home. On hearing that they would be parting company, Branwen's heart dropped. She wouldn't give Wesley the satisfaction of knowing that she was disappointed, and she scoffed at him. I hope the kitchen staff are better company than you are. Wesley smiled that secret smile once more as he gently led her through the castle gate. Handing her over to the head chef, he bowed and took his leave. While Branwen possessed a few more skills than she had before the journey, the head chef soon realised that even the simplest task was too much for her and he impatiently showed her how to peel the potatoes. It seemed to be a never-ending task, and by the time she had finished, her hands were covered in blisters, cuts, and dirt. Every muscle ached, and she could barely move her fingers. But she felt a small sense of pride that she had finished the task. She collapsed in front of the dying embers and slept deeply until it was time to rise for another day of hard work. She ate after the others had finished, if she was lucky, there was enough left over for her to fill her belly, but most times there wasn't. She kept to herself as the other servants ignored her. When they noticed her, it was usually to yell at her or push her out of the way. She was mocked, bullied, and occasionally beaten if she was too slow. Most nights she fell asleep in a heap in front of the fire. After a few days, her hands became callous, her clothes became rags, and the last chip flaked off her shoulder. It seemed her rusty knight had abandoned her too, 
She had no one else, and nowhere else to turn. The next morning she was rudely kicked awake. There was much excitement amongst the other servants, for a feast was planned. The king's son was finally home after years away on a quest. Branwen was kept busy all day. Without a moment to pause for breath, she hoped to catch a peek of everyone in their finery. She knew that she looked too much of a disgrace to be chosen to serve dinner in the great hall. She shook her head at how much her life had changed. Back home, she would have been barking orders to everyone as they prepared for a feast. But those days seemed so far away now. As the frantic activity settled, she sneaked away to take a quick peek through the dining room doors. Preoccupied with finding a good vantage point, she didn't see the guests coming up behind her. Panicking, she scrambled out of their way, only to trip at their feet. Oi there, girl! What do you think you're doing here? You don't belong here. Look how filthy you are. I hope you haven't touched our food. She was kicked out of the way. Looking up, she caught a glimpse at one of her former suitors. When he caught sight of her, he bellowed with laughter. Ha! How the mighty princess has fallen! She scrambled to her feet. Overwhelmed by hunger, loneliness and sadness, she ran for the doors, desperately seeking to get as far away from the taunting as possible. Oh, why had her rusty knight left her here? She collapsed on the ground, sobbing hysterically. She felt someone sit down next to her, but she could not stop her sobbing. She felt a gentle touch on her shoulder, and a familiar voice spoke to her. Dear one, I am sorry. This was not part of my plan. I had planned to return after I attended to my affairs, but I became ill and couldn't. I gave word that you were to attend the feast as my honoured guest. This cruelty that you have suffered was not my doing. He lifted her onto his lap and hugged her as if she was not covered in kitchen filth. Please forgive me, dear one. At one time Branwen would have reacted with anger, but she was not the person that she once was. She could hear the empathy and the pain in his voice, and she knew that he had not acted out of malice. The princess looked deep into his eyes, and she could see that he was genuinely apologetic. Of course I forgive you, she gently reassured him. They stood up and walked back into the dining hall, as he told her that he had intended to propose to her at the feast. As they entered the dining hall, she saw her father, and she ran to him, full of joy. And as is the way of all the best tales, they reconciled, begging one another for forgiveness. All is well that ended well. The End the original story of King Thrushbeard by the Brothers Grimm was once a tale that I enjoyed, but over time I found elements of the story quite problematic, and I tried to address those elements in my adaptation. On a later episode, I am certain that I will read the Grimm's version of King Thrushbeard. 
Thank you for joining me once again under the story tree. Please join me on Wednesday for Poetry Readings with Bron. I have been your host, Bron Rauch Mitchell, and it has been my pleasure to read to you today. The Story Weaver podcast intro and outro were created by Paul using licensed music from Stock 20. Paul is also the editor for the show. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email to thestoryweaverpodcast at gmail.com. Farewell for now, dear friends. <laughs>